This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we have Jade Jeffries on this episode. We're so excited to be talking about getting paid for what you're worth. Jade has worn many hats in the marketing, entertainment, and fashion industry, um, coming up on 10 years, a full decade, and really being a boss, working in public relations, giving her specialty to global brands, to one-off strategic projects. Jade's career, it sounds like you are like the typical LA, like everyone wants to be or is doing a mirrored version of this. Like a lot of people that are drawn to, you know, work in LA as a young adult, like you're, you're doing what you did. You're like, you wear many many hats, you try things, you throw spaghetti at the wall Mm -hmm. and you want to be in entertainment. You want to be seen. Maybe you want to be the star sometimes. It's kind of like this really interesting, like dynamic. Like, what did you- Yeah, it's a very, very eclectic background. It's kind of crazy how I ended up in these different scenarios and in different parts of my career. It just kind of one door closed and the next one opened. And I think what really was like this common denominator was the ability to be creative. So I, I really kind of- again, just kind of followed this really random path. And I think all of those different hats have led me to really amazing experiences, but that has also prepped me for that next chapter in my life. So, you know, I did public relations first when I graduated college and that really prepped me to enter in this entertainment world where you are working crazy hours in your work ethic and how to pitch clients. And then from there, went into this role in in the fashion world, Um, one that I actually really loved and um, kind of was this like, wow, I was doing like really amazing things. I was working with a fashion brand and I was doing their um, organizational behavior, 
never learned about it before, but it was about how to really build a company culture and really understand what the employees want and what they value. And at the time it was really millennials shaping the workforce. So it's what, you know, our parents were used to, you know, going in and punching the clock and having the security. And then here we come in where it's like, hey, we want to work for a company that has value, or we want to know that what we're doing is, is making the world a better place. You know, millennials love feedback and they want to feel like they're part of something and move up quickly was another thing that we really kind of look for in careers. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, it was like, also naturally like okay what's next for me so like again just this eclectic background of work but um which again kind of led me into this topic today where it's like how do you get paid what you're valued and it's so easy in Los Angeles to want to work for that sexy company but you're making nothing you know, so they're like, you can have free tickets or maybe you can take home this extra swag bag, but you're getting right. Right. Which I think, you know, at first, if you're just starting out, you know, for the young listeners that have just graduated and they are looking to enter in a career, I think there is something to be said about, you know, kind of wearing many hats and, and kind of what's the word, um, paying your dues, you know, like, gaining that experience. So yes, they're getting cheap labor, but you know, like you should also at the same time, utilize all of the resources they have. Talk to someone, sit with, you know, another person, ask them if they can ask if you can shadow another person in different departments. Um, So really kind of like absorb, absorb, absorb as much as you can. And if you love that company, you know, once you are, you know, you're wearing many hats, but like once those hats have become possible full roles, you know, which does tend to happen. You, you kind of are taking on so much and then, and then you're noticing, okay, like we probably should hire someone, you know, or you feel like you should be getting paid more. I think what, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit today will like definitely resonate with that person because that happens a lot, you know, at entry level, you are doing just about everything. Right. So it's like, how do you make your employer see that? So I think, I think, you, I think that's right. Like if you are in that position and like, you know, you nanny on the side or whatever, you can find more money to pay your rent in LA. Mm-hmm. If you maximize like the opportunities by getting in front of some of these people or like downloading people's emails or doing something a little like maybe illegal, but you got to just look out for yourself sometimes. <laughs> or, or the people recognize your hard work ethic and then you'll get promoted in a year like that's correct so I think I think that you know putting in that year or two when you're first starting out that's your stepping stone to either get that job that you really wanted that maybe you couldn't before because you didn't have the experience or have that sit down with your employer saying hey I love working here Mm -hmm. you know this is what you've hired me to do this is what I've been doing you know you obviously have to go in super prepared this is what I'm doing. Um, this is what I should be getting paid or even printing out. I've also in the past printed out all the different positions. My role would have been if they hired for each one of those positions. And you could say this, this position's getting paid this much, this much, this much, you add that up. I'm not necessarily asking for that much, but let's meet somewhere in the middle. So I think that's like a good thing to also understand as you are maybe younger entering in the workforce 
put in your dues, wear as many hats, utilize those people so that that next job that you can get is again, something that would be way, you know, worth your time or, or worth what you're. Where do you yeah. research that? Do you just Google it or do you start conversations with your friends and ask if they're in the same in industry, what they're making? I know that's um, been taboo, but I think there is a push towards everyone being a little more open. So you, everyone is treated equally or. Yeah, you definitely can utilize friends or like, you know, people that you may know, but I also think now you can pay, you know, LinkedIn or indeed, or any of those glass door. Um, you can actually look and see what that position is paying for. Um, another, you know, another way to do that is working with a recruiter they definitely know what people are getting paid and i'm sure they would take the time to work with you or even just you know listen to the questions that you might have so i think that's another opportunity that you could do is is, is educate yourself and research and then again i've printed out even just online listing so most of the time they do have the salary on there so you can print those out yeah it, it all comes down to communication which mm -hmm. is a huge lesson for me personally was, I was like the yes person. So I'll, anything that was thrown my way, would be like, yes, yes, yes. But then yeah. I got to a point where I was doing three different roles and I knew my coworkers were being paid more than me. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice on how to get paid um, for your worth and your value, what you're giving the company? Yeah. So I definitely want to tell you guys a story. I think this was like the pivotal moment for me where I was like, wow, I am doing this all wrong. You know, I had just left a company. I had been there. I took way too much time to leave. I had been there and I was so unhappy and kind of a toxic work environment. So I had just left that company, um, didn't have a job. My friend called me and said, Hey, I want you to come interview for our company. You would love it. It like this role is for you. And I was like, am I ready to even like get back into like the workforce? I, you know, it's like almost leaving a toxic relationship. You're like, I need time. Like, I don't even, I'm not even me anymore. Like, I don't know if anyone has, has been in that position where you like wake up and you drive to work and you're like, man, I don't want to be here. Oh, and yeah. if you do that, if you do that <laughs> long enough, like it takes a toll on you. So she convinced me to go to this interview and I did not want the job. So you know, I was talking to my husband and I was like, what would be worth it for me to actually go into this, you know, into this job? And my husband's like, well, what are you going to ask for? And so I was like, oh, maybe like this much. And he gave me this like thumbs up, like higher. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? And so I was like, what about this? And he's like, higher. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. So I go into this interview with this, you know, outlandish like things that I wanted. I told him I wanted, and I told him $20,000 more than what I was making. I told him I only wanted to work two days a week. I like was saying the crazy, <laughs> like I didn't want the job. So I was like, yeah. every oh. other Monday, please. Yeah. <laughs> please don't call me. Yeah. I was like, I want this much and I can only work two days a week. And he looks at me, and goes, could you work three days a week? And I was like, Yes. Now, mind you, this is before the pandemic where no one was working from home. You were in office five days a week. They don't believe in, you know, work from home. So that was huge. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess I can do. I guess, <laughs> you know, and I just had this like confidence. I wasn't nervous because I didn't want the job. 
Mm -hmm. So like, I'm like going through this interview, kind of like my mind is blown. He's like, well, you, it says here you have, you know, a company because I, I had a sustainable um, fashion line. And he's like, well, it says here you have a company, you know, what if you decide to leave and do that full time? And I was like, isn't that every entrepreneur's dream? Don't you want to do that full time? And, and he's like, yeah, I guess I'm an entrepreneur. I, I respect that. I mean, I just, it was, I left that interview one, like getting the job two, just like, I am doing this so wrong. And I, it made me realize that confidence is so important. So like, I guess the number one, like tip I would say is one of them is confidence. So men have a like tendency to oversell themselves and we have a tendency to undersell ourselves. It, you know, and, and that comes up so much like in today's, you know, issues of women getting paid 80% or 80 cents to the dollar. It's because they go in with this crazy amount of confidence. So one, one tip I would say is practice that. Practice in the mirror before you go to an interview. Say to yourself, because if you don't believe that you're worth that, no one else will. So if you go and say in the mirror, I'm looking for opportunities in this range. And you say it over and over again, eye contact to where you feel comfortable and you can go into an interview and go, I'm looking for opportunities in this price range yeah. or in this salary. Right? And then you let Period. them respond. Yeah. Yes. That's and if the they, greatest thing. And if they say, oh, you know what? That's a little high. Just go, okay, I'm looking to, to I'm looking at that package as a whole. So if that means we can come, you know, maybe you get more paid vacation or, you know, you can find other maybe non-financial benefits to weigh out that maybe lower amount salary. So that's the first thing is confidence. If it, you have to practice that. The other way to get confidence is start interviewing before you're ready. This is so important because you wait too long, you're gonna get like to that point where you're just ready to almost take any other job, right? There's like this sense of desperation when you go into an interview versus if you have a job, you still like your job. You're maybe interested to see what else is out there, but you don't need that job. So you can go into that interview and go, you know what, I'm just going to see, see what this is about. You know, you just have a different confidence level. You're less nervous. You know, it just makes a huge, huge difference. The other pro to that is if you are at a company and you're getting that feeling like you want to ask for a raise or you feel like you're not getting paid enough, this is also leverage. You could go back to your company and say, hey, look, um, I was offered a job making this much. I would love to stay. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to meet this other offer? So huge, huge benefit to interviewing. Plus, it'll also just give you that confidence. Maybe you just need that confidence boost of like, wow, I am valuable. I am wanted other places. And I now know my worth. So if so if you can go back to your company, if they're like, hey, you know what, we can't do it, at least you know your worth and at least you can go and, and see what else is out there. Um, you know, one tip too, like if you are going through this interview process and, you know, in your current position and they tell you no, the best thing you can do is just go, okay. And they're like, well, are you going to, you know, a lot of times like, well, are you upset? Or you think you're going to look elsewhere? All you have to say is, no, I just, it's a lot to process. I just want some time to think about it. That's all. And then like, leave it at that. You don't want to like ever feel like emotional. Um, 
you know, reactive or angry, you just have to kind of like leave it be and then assess your options, like whether you want to stay or whether you want to continue to. Yeah, interview. there's a lot of power in staying neutral. And I think that's also some, a power that men have is they don't get emotionally tied to outcomes. Yeah. And, do, and that's okay, but that's something we can practice, like you're saying. And like, yeah, totally. That you can't control the other person or the company but you can always speak up for yourself and, you know, pitch yourself because you're spending your time pitching all their ideas for millions of dollars. Like get your piece of the pie too, sister. Right. Exactly. I think that's something that I definitely have had to overcome in the past. I used to be super emotional at work. Yeah. Luckily was when I, when I was younger, but like, yeah, I, I even took like a little workshop, like how to manage emotions in the workplace, just because again, like, and this isn't something that I made up, but there is a reason why men are excelling. It's because they, A, are confident, B, they're asking for what they want, mm -hmm. which is really hard for some women to do, and C, they don't have, like, they don't show emotion. And unfortunately, I've seen even in the past, like, one girl that I worked with didn't get a raise, or sorry, didn't get a promoted, promoted because they thought she, like, couldn't handle it because one time she kind of got emotional and that's sad that's sad that that's where we're at but yeah it's so important to kind of absorb and not react Be like okay so much to think about I'm you know I'm gonna just take a minute and we can maybe come back to it well I think that's true like a senior person would would notice how you're reacting or just mm -hmm. responding instead of reacting and in the future if something comes up maybe they'll think about you or maybe they'll just see you in a different light and just be like oh wow, she really, you know, knows her stuff and she wants more. So I'm going to keep an eye out for her, you know, but instead of just breaking down. And I mean, old Teddy probably would have been like, I quit in an email an hour later, <laughs> you yeah. know, and hiding behind the screen as well. I think these conversations should be in real life, like person yeah. to person and not, you know, there's no shame in asking for what you want or deserve. Yeah. And I think that's something that is so important and it's so hard for women to do this, but you know, you, you get in life, what you have the courage to ask for. Right. So if you don't ask, you will never receive. My mom always says squeaky wheel gets the grace, right? So unfortunately your boss will never call you and say, you know what, Jade, you've been working hard. I'm going to bump you up. They right. will never, ever do that. So it's your responsibility to do it and ask. So I know it's tough, but, and, you know, sometimes even people have like a very friendly relationship and it's tough to kind of get back to that. Hey, like, you know, let's talk business and it's, you know, all that, but it's so important. It's so important to go prepared. It's so important. Like I said, to come with, you know, a list of all the things that you've been doing um, what else, you know, what's competitive rate out there and, um, and go from there. First, that was my first lesson. I was an executive assistant in the music industry mm -hmm. and my boss, his name is Frank. And he was just like, you know, he was just very short, every email too, super short. So many Girl Powerful podcast listeners are entrepreneurs. Hunting down answers to your questions can be rewarding. When it comes to hiring, you don't always have as much time as you'd like to spend finding great candidates with the right skills. That's why there's Indeed, the best hiring partner your team can get. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, 
you only need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash girlpowerful. Offer valid through April 30th. Go to Indeed.com slash girlpowerful to claim your $75 credit before April 30th. Terms and conditions apply. That was my first lesson. I was an executive assistant in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And my boss, his name was Frank, and he was just like... You know, he was just very short. Every email too, super short. He was mm-hmm. like, Sonia, you don't ask. You don't get what you don't ask for. And he's like, and that's my big lesson for you. Yeah. And it's so true. The other thing too, like that I've at least heard a lot of from people and why they don't ask is they have this sense of loyalty, either that they don't want to leave or they don't want to ask. You know, whether it's like, oh, they gave me my first job. I've been with them for so long. Um, or we've become friends. Um, or they would be so lost without me if I left. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. And I know this is probably not the most like best way to say this, but you can't make career decisions based on loyalty. Loyalty to a degree, like, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they have the company's best interest at heart, that's their job, right? They have to have the company's best interest. You have to have the best interest for you. So to stay at a job because you're worried they'll be upset or like that they'll, you know, things will go downhill once you leave, you definitely cannot stay because of those reasons. They got to where they were by taking risks and taking chances and moving between jobs. So it's so important for you to remember that as well. I think again, I didn't make this up. You actually make more money once you've left and gone to another job. It's just facts. And I think to your point where you're like, I know people are making more than me. Like I remember people coming in that I had been there longer, but I could just tell, I don't, I didn't know for sure, but I knew that they were making a good amount of money. And that's because they came in. They hadn't been there for a long time. You, you make, you know, you make more, decent raises when you're with a company for a while, but it's pretty slow. Like it just is. But when you've jumped to another position, you tend to make more. So like, that's also something, I mean, my dad would probably be like so upset for saying this just because again, like they come from a different generation where it's like, no, you pick a job, you work there for 25 years, you punch the clock, you know, it's different. Like the millennials want to again, like feel valued and they want to keep moving up. It's just like part of our DNA. We're like, what's next? What's next? What am I doing next? So what's the natural timeline for that? Like every two years you should start like, I say even a year, I think think a year, a year or two. Yeah. It's crazy. It again, like it's changed so much from, you know, when our parents, I did a whole workshop you know, at an HR convention about how the millennials are shaping the workforce and that's part of it. So like, I think it's more normal that that's kind of the cadence of work, people's work history a year. Um, but yeah, a year or two, it just depends. 
Yeah, I think if you work on a really badass campaign, you can be like, I worked on this campaign for six months or a year, you know? Yeah, I think really appealing and sexy. Yeah, and use that momentum too. You know, you don't want to just mm -hmm. like, be like, oh, yay, look at me. I celebrate this big victory, but you got to keep that going if you want to, you know, keep Absolutely. Going. So, yeah, I think that's a good point too. Like, I now do freelance. So, it is definitely more project based. So, if it is someone, that is more freelance or, or do project-based, I'd say probably like every one to two big projects, you wanna be able to show, you know, you have to sell yourself in this interview, right? So if you go to an interview and like, tell me about your position at this place and you don't really have a lot to go off of. So you definitely wanna leave a mark on every place you go. I think that's important. What do you do when you, before you start an interview besides preparing like, your analytical data and like show your growth. What about your mindset and your positive self-talk? Do you do anything to rev yourself up? So, I One, I don't have coffee because I feel like that just immediately makes me like jittery and nervous. Um, one of the tips my dad taught me to do is actually right before you have like an important conversation or even public speaking, you're supposed to breathe in and hold your breath until you can't. And then as slowly as you can, you breathe it out. And that actually brings your heart rate down and you just feel a little bit more calm. Um, but You're I like think, in the waiting room, like passing out. You're like, hold on, I'm a pro. You definitely can do it more discreet. I mean, you just kind of like keep yeah. it to yourself. The other thing too is I, I'm not afraid to bring notes and bullet points. Yeah. I, I even tell them like, Hey, do you mind if I just take some notes or like reference my notes? I want to make sure that I get everything I want to talk about out. Yeah. So I think people think that that might be like, Oh, I'm not prepared, but I, I am all about the, the, the notes and, and just having that to reference. Totally. You, um, you are more prepared. Yeah. I did that this week. I wasn't asking for more money, but I was kind of earning my spot to get 400 like warm leads in real estate. And I, mm -hmm. I normally would have been like, I need to memorize all the stuff, but it was pretty much, I had to memorize a whole entire book and in an industry that I'm new in. So it would have been really hard and overwhelming and almost like defeating and deflating at the same time. So I came in with three pages of notes and we literally went through my notes and he thought I was a genius. <laughs> and I'm like, these are just notes from the book. I didn't say that, but you know, like coming prepared yeah. and just, you know, meet yourself where you are as a learner and as a teacher. Cause in the interview, you're teaching them about who you are. You're allowed exactly. to have notes. Teachers have notes all the time in right. yoga, teaching in a classroom everywhere. Yeah. They show up with a book. I think another thing too, that's kind of eye-opening, you know, when you go in for an interview, let's say you're asking for a $5,000 raise, you know, if you do the math, especially in California, that's like 26 extra dollars on your paycheck. Yeah. So I, I would actually not say like that. I would be like, Hey, I would love to get this amount, which ends up equaling about $26 on my paycheck. Do you think I'm worth that? So like, that's how, another could they, how could they say no to that? Right. Do you think based on what I'm doing and what I've just shared with you, do you think I'm worth that raise? Right. So that's another kind of tip too, is just kind of break it down for them, especially because all that's tax deductible too. So by the end of even the, you get 26, but they're spending maybe 15, you know what I mean? So 
that's and another that's less thing. than an hour of work a week yeah it's, you know um another thing you know we've talked about more of like the corporate position but i think also too for anyone that's listening that is more freelance or like an independent contractor or has their own business. Um, you know, again, going back to maybe people not feeling as confident about saying what they're worth. I think something that's worked for me is not having to say it necessarily right then and there. I think people, you know, you, you get on a phone call with a client, they're like, well, how much is that going to cost me? Or how much is your rate? If you don't feel comfortable just say, you know what, based, you know, I want to take a minute, look at what we just talked about, or based on what your needs are, let me get back to you. And then you put it in an email. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier going, Hey, so great talking to you. This is my rate. If you don't feel comfortable enough saying it, um, another tip would be even, I used to have a friend that had a fake a coordinator email a fake assistant yes. yeah we know yes. <laughs> we don't so have then, one but we have a friend that does that and it, it serves her very well yeah if you don't feel comfortable naming your price have this fake coordinator say hey jade's price is this um you know and go from there if you get someone that's like oh well i've never paid more than this before you know if it's if that's the case one don't feel offended they clearly it's not a partnership that should work anyway, because you want someone that's going to see your value. So if they're off the bat kind of questioning you, probably not going to be a great working relationship anyway. So you say, okay, you know, if they're, you want to be sassy enough, you could also be like, okay, well then, you know, you can get this much. Like if someone says, oh, well, I would, you know, I would pay 500 for this. I would, I could say, well, you'll get $500 worth photos. You know what I mean? So you brought up a really good point, which we've come across a lot working is like also coming from the mindset of it has to be a mutually beneficial relationship. You're spending your five days a week plus working for this company or working for this client or brand. It has to like fill your cup too. And absolutely yeah and that, that's money that's energy that's the exchange it's not about the friendship and maybe that's a cherry on top but it definitely is about building your life how you want it to look and designing that well nothing's more valuable than someone's time right so where are you spending that time if it's where you're going to work where you're not feeling valued, then it's time to look elsewhere. Or again, if you're working with clients that every day, I have a client that called me every day at 7am and that's how I started my morning. And it was, yeah. I mean, you have to also learn when things are working for you and they're not. And as soon as you, and this is honestly with any aspect of your life, if you're letting go of something that's not serving you or doesn't make you feel good or doesn't add to your life, that just makes room for something more positive or something better to come along. So I think it's important to be choosy with clients. And again, also with where you work, if you're not loving what you're doing, like, again, start looking way before you're ready. Yeah. And that's a great question in an interview too. We are, we are like socially aware of like social good projects, social justice, and a lot of brands do give back and do a lot of good stuff. But asking about the company culture, asking how they give back, asking all the points that really mean something to you, where you can be proud of where you work and who you work for. And where you spend your time. Absolutely. Sonia, she 
works in solar and they were sending her to talk or at a booths like at fairs trade shows, trade shows. Mm-hmm. and they weren't paying her because they were like well you get the leads and then she's like no I had to stand up I for won't. myself because I was like I'm spending you know three to four days at these trade shows and some of them are a total bust and and I stood up and I think that's just like the big yeah. lesson for me and it was a new position so I had to be like hey I, you know I enjoy working here it's I'm really into the clean tech space but I have to be paid for my time when I'm you know standing around for 10 hours a day talking <laughs> to people about your company I had someone, uh, it was a company that I'd worked for for three years. Um, you know, I had my review and I asked not even for much. Again, it may have been $26 extra paycheck and I was doing two to three full-time positions. Her response to me was like one shocked, like appalled, and then said, clearly you're motivated by money. And my response was, well, we're, 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 we work for money. Do you work for free? No, we all work for, we are motivated by money. Mm-hmm. We come into work every day, not for smiles and hugs, no. but for, we, for money. Yeah. So that was, that to me, I was just like, well, duh. Who else? Like, like clearly you you're have, taking advantage of me. <laughs> yeah. You have to be paid for Period. that. Um, yes. Yeah, so so, never, she didn't give you the raise. No, it got, it got weird. It didn't get weird. I think this, <laughs> I think that was just kind of my like sign that it, you know, I was supposed to, to start looking. Yeah. And that's it too, right? So maybe you do ask and it doesn't go your way, but that's your sign. Start looking. Yeah. yeah. Definitely don't wait until you're super unhappy and you just kind of go to work every day and you're just like going through life. Cause that affects every aspect of your life after that. Right. You wake up and you spend, you know, eight hours being miserable right you know there's so much more to life and you just got to take those risks those risks are definitely worth worth it um I do want to touch on one thing you brought up too was for anyone listening out of the three of us I already know I'm the most anxious one (laughs) and so I like to give tips for anybody listening like when you said you had a client call you at 7 a.m every morning this is a big lesson I have. I have a guy currently who will like in the sales process, he was emailing me 12 times a day, like, and then finding articles that would contradict what I said. And then it was all wrong. Cause they were like crazy emails from weird sources. And I was just like, this is wild. And it was making me like so anxious. So then my lesson was other people's urgency is not your urgency. Because at the beginning, I was the people pleaser and I was responding to everything right away. And I was, you know, calling my director, getting all the answers. And then I was just like, whoa, I need to take a step back and set a boundary, you know, to make my work life balance. Absolutely. And positive because this could blow up and I could, you know, it could affect me personally. So, yeah, that took me so long to figure out because I also am so super reactive as well. Like, I think my first initial thing is like, I'm just going almost in like a frenzy. I'm like, oh, uh, you know, so it did take me a minute to get to that point, but I had to turn off my phone when, you know, I wasn't working off hours or I silenced it. 
And then when I felt like I got to the point where I could like see a text message and not react and answer it in the morning, I think that's the other thing too. Like we feel, some people might feel obligated to respond after hours, but guess what? You don't actually. If anything, that just creates healthy boundaries. Like they'll go, oh, I, I'm going to send this to Jade, but I know that she's probably not going to answer until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So that too, I had to kind of learn. And yes, he called me and I did take most of those calls. Um, but sometimes I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to finish my morning, go work out. And then I'm going to give him a call back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that you have to like exercise and kind of like learn over time and, and learn that it's okay. They'll just respect, they'll just respect you more, to be honest. Wow, Jay has boundaries. Like, yeah, and they're just going down their checklist and their to-do list for the Mm -hmm. day. So they want to send it off and like check, check the box. It doesn't mean it has to go to the top of your to-do list. It can enter down here where it belongs and then you can cycle through what you were already doing and get to them. You know, exactly. Some people work better at night. So like, let them fire those off at those emails off at nine, 10 at night. That's okay. But that doesn't have to be your working hours either. You know? Awesome. Well, we always end every episode with a question. What makes you feel the most alive? Um, traveling. I think going and being able to see other parts of the world and like, know that your world maybe is small and like there's so much more out there and just kind of taking advantage of life and I'm so about like living in the moment my motto is don't hate on anyone don't wait on anyone so really just kind of living today like it might be your last and just kind of taking advantage of traveling and just that time that you get to like reset and make memories I love that. Don't hate on anyone. Don't wait on anyone. That's pretty cool. But I've never heard Me that. Me neither. Yeah. Okay. Very big about that. Where's your favorite country you've been? Or one uh, man, I've I've been quite all over. I'd have to say Japan. So Ooh. cool. Yeah. So when I was working and doing a vintage sustainable line, I would go and source all my vintage in Japan. So it was so cool to be there and see it. And they have uh, Tokyo Disney, which we're, I'm a big Disney land fan. So like going to Tokyo Disney is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That would be really cool. Just the fashion alone, probably at Tokyo Disney. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you have, feel like you're in another world. Yeah. I have to send you guys some videos that I, I felt like I was like in another world. It's oh. wild, but yeah, the Japanese people are amazing. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for your time. Where can people find you and follow your journey? Um, My Instagram is Jade A. Jeffries, J-E-F-F-R-I-E-S. So, yeah. Awesome. And if anyone wants to reach out, is your email on there? If, like, they are inspired to talk to you about a project they might be working on? I don't think my email's on there, but you can definitely send me a message, and we can connect that way for sure. Thank you so much for having me. It was so awesome talking to you guys. Thank you, Jade. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.